Good evening, Faith Builders, and any guests who may have tuned in. I want to welcome you to this online service tonight. Um, I am Elder Jeff, and it's my pleasure to share the word with you tonight. Tonight, we will be taking a lesson from King David, one which I'm hoping that will be a blessing to you. It'll be taken from Psalms 37, and one of the interesting things about Psalms 37, although it's not one of the later psalms, it's actually one of the oldest psalms that they believe. It was the last psalm that they believe that, uh, that King David wrote, right before he passed the throne to Solomon. So this isn't from a young, reckless David. This is from a wise old David who has years of experience. And so it's interesting that, these, that he gives us these verses that I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over Psalms 37, 3 through 6. And we can sort of use these as a, uh, as a, as a template for overcoming things in our lives. So Psalms 37, 3 through 6. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. Trust, dwell, delight, and commit. Those are the topics we're going to be talking about. You know, at times I've heard a lot of Christians talking about how they can't seem to break their sin habits that have strongholds in their lives. How they seem to be bound by the same issues and they can't seem to shake them. And as much as they want to do good, they don't seem to be able to shake the old sinful habit of the past. If you find yourself in this place, every single Christian on earth since Jesus walked the earth has had to deal with this issue, has had to deal with their sin nature and desires that live within them. And as much as they think they've gotten their stuff together, they all fall short of the glory of God. Number one is trust. First and foremost, we must be born again. We must trust that the Word of God, the Bible, is inspired and birthed by God and is true, even when it doesn't make sense to our mind, to logic, and you can't imagine how it could possibly happen, but we must trust that it's true. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We must believe that there is a heaven and a hell when we die, we will go to one or the other. Revelations 21. I'm not going to read that, but go ahead and read that on your time. We must believe that, there, that we are naturally sinners and deserve to die for our sins. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We must believe that God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to die in sin, but to be saved and wants to live with us forever in heaven. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God sent Jesus to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, 
not just to cover and hide them, but to wash them away, leaving us clean and forgiven. 1 John 4.10 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We need to believe that he lived a perfect life, was tempted but did not sin. Hebrews 14 or 4 or 15 says, For we do not have or we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. We need to believe that Jesus loved us so much that he agreed to be tortured and killed for our sins. Romans 5, 6-8 says, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for an, a righteous person, though for a good person some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. We need to believe that just as he promised, he rose again from the grave, and he appeared to many before ascending to heaven. 1 Corinthians 15.4 says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. We need to believe that he offered himself and his blood to God as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, and it was received. Romans 3.25 says, God presented Christ as an, a, a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of blood to be received by faith. We need to believe now that he sits at the right hand of the Father and that is an advocate for us even when we mess up. 1 John 2.1 says, But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, if we believe this, or something inside of you is confirming that what I'm saying is true, you can be born again and receive by faith this good news. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If you have been born again and have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Master, we need to believe now that when we do sin, if we confess our sins to him, he'll be faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We need to believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you. Romans 8.11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life or give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. We need to believe now that anything we need, we can come boldly to the Father and find his grace. Hebrews 4.16 says, 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, that's a lot of believing, isn't it? Well, that's just the start. Everything we want, everything we need, everything we desire, we get from God through faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Trust in the Lord and do good. So the next step is doing good. We have to have a desire to change. We have to start doing not what we want to do, but to do good. We have a spiritual war that's going on inside of us, a war of flesh and carnal desires and of the spirit. Your flesh is going to cry out to you at times, just take that thing. No one will know. It's so small, it doesn't matter. Just click on that link on the computer. It isn't hurting anyone. Just that ask, ask that girl out for a drink. Your wife will never find out. Just make that snack at 10 a.m. It'll taste so good. That's one of mine. Just begin saying no to those carnal desires, and over time, your flesh will begin to learn who is boss. And as you do good, you are actually cultivating good. You are seeding good into your mind. And over time, you will begin to renew your mind. Romans 12, 2, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified. It's not the one I normally read, but I like how it phrases it. It says, and do not be conformed to the world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is and which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Man, I love that. So we need to dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. We need to settle down or dwell in this lifestyle of, divine, of denying our flesh and our desires and practicing doing what is right. And that will cultivate more good in our life and it'll cultivate faithfulness. Trust, dwell, delight, and commit. So we've covered trust and dwell. We've spent a lot of time on that. And I did want to spend a lot of time on that because it's, it's the foundation of our Christian faith. And, and what I'm going to speak to you about next won't have a whole lot of impact on to you if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord. So let's start on delight. Let's talk about how we can transform our minds. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The word delight there in Hebrew, and I have the pronunciation of these, but I'm sure I'm going to slaughter them still. It's the word anag. And this word delight means to be soft, 
to be delicate, to be dainty, to make yourself soft and pliable. So this word means to make yourself moldable to him. Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. The rest of that verse says, And then he shall give you. The word give there, the Hebrew, is nathen. It means to get, to put, to set, to establish. And the word desires of your heart, the word heart there is lab. It means your inner man or your mind, your heart. So let's put this all together. Allow yourself to be molded, moldable by God, and he shall establish the desires in your heart. So if you're ever dealing with an issue that you find in your life saying, I don't want to do it, but I keep finding these desires just rising up inside myself, and I begin to want it more and more, and finally I give into it. How do I stop these all-consuming desires from rising up and consuming me? Allowing yourself to be moldable in the Lord, and he will replace your carnal desires with his desires. Over time, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do this. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. So that's our desire. We want his righteousness to bring, come forth. Not our wickedness, but his righteousness. The word there, commit your way. Commit is the Hebrew word galal. And way is the Hebrew word derek. Commit means, it literally means to roll away together. And, and to me, I get this image in my mind of, of hitching myself, hitching my wagon to Jesus's wagon. It's an old-fashioned, hitch your wagon to Jesus. It's an old expression, cowboy expression probably. Um, the word there... Um, way is actually journey. So what he's saying is, is that you need to hit your wagon to Jesus and roll away, lock together on this journey with him of righteousness and trust that he's going to bring it to pass. So if you want to stop doing these things that hurt those around you, hurt yourself, Hurt your relationship with God in your eyes? Do you want to start doing more of the things that cultivate good? Do you want to start doing more of the things that cultivate righteousness? Do you want to start doing more of the things that mold you and shape you into the person that God wants you to be? Do you want the desires that rise up inside of you to be God's desires and not those carnal desires? I read this before, Romans 12, 2 says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed by the renewing of your mind. You know, one of the things I like about this amplified version is it's not born again, 
and you're changed. It's progressively changed by the renewing of your mind. It's a walk that you have to take. This is a process of renewing your mind. You know, I don't have time in this short message to go much deeper into renewing your mind today, but Pastor Paul did an amazing four-part series you can catch, catch on YouTube called Your Identity is in Christ. If you get a chance and you haven't already watched that, listen to it. He really goes into deep about how you can change how you look at who you are. Are you a rotten sinner and see yourself as the sum of your shortcomings? Or are you a new creation in Christ? And as soon as you can start believing who you are and putting your faith into it, you can start to see your life transform. And it all begins with renewing your mind. You know, if you're in a place in your life where you can't even begin to relate on how you can find freedom from your carnal desires, it could be that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It could be that, if you, that you haven't made him Lord of your life, Lord over everything. Jesus died and rose from the dead to bear your sins upon him so that you wouldn't have to die and be punished for them. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you would like to begin your walk with Jesus and have certainty that you will go to heaven when you die and be able to walk out your life on earth here, fulfilling God's perfect plan and purpose for you, please join me in this prayer, inviting Jesus into your heart. Why don't you close your eyes with me? Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you died for my sins, for my mistakes. Thank you that you rose from the dead and are now sitting at the right hand of the Father, lifting me up in my struggles, being my advocate. Jesus, I give you my heart. Please live inside me. I will serve you forever, declaring you Lord of my life. Make my heart sensitive to you, Lord, so that I can know your desires for me. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life and for adopting me into your family, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer with me now and meant it with all your heart, let someone know. Let someone know that you gave your heart to Jesus. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And join us at Faith Builders Church here at 949 East Bell Road on Sundays, 9 a.m. and 1030, so we can equip you with the tools you need to live a Christian life. God bless you, and thank you for spending time with me tonight.